Hello and welcome to In Line with Nature, the podcast that explains an approach to building that puts the future of our planet first. With me, Hannah McInnes. In this series, I talk to experts about modern day construction, its impact on the natural world, and why the time for change is now. I'll be talking to our series of guests about new approaches to design, reimagining a built environment that's at one rather than at odds with nature. Hi, good morning. I'm Ron Bakker and I'm an architect in London. I work internationally. Uh, we are a big company, we work for big clients and they're typically big buildings. And I've been doing this for a long time with a great set of people. Um, and during that time, I've kind of sharpened my um, focus in architecture. Um, pretty much 180 degrees from where I started as a young architect. Um, just really because we need to adapt to the way that the world is. And, uh, and it changes all the time and we change with it. And we sometimes feel we're... Um, part of the, you know, pushing the agenda to, in the right direction. So that brings you here, I expect. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so what does the built environment then mean to you? Yeah, there's two, two important parts to it. One is the very practical part. We need roofs over our heads and places to meet and things. Um, but um, it's also a very meaningful chunk of our experience um, when we wander around this earth. Um, the built environment is, uh, is where we spend most of our times and, uh, and, and increasingly people will end up spending their time submerged in the built environment rather than in nature where we, you know, where we uh, evolved from. Um, and it's a bit shocking, I think, to the system because the built environment is, I think, generally not seen by people as a very positive place. Um, and uh, so it's part of part of what we do is trying to figure out how to make it uh, better for people, make people function better, healthier, uh, more um, you know part of their um, uh, part of the enjoyment of life rather than a, a thing that they just have to be in. It's interesting. You said your mind changed a lot in your time as an architect. Mm. What changed it? Um, I think the world changed very much. This is, a, you know, this is um, 28 years or something I've been doing this. And um, from an architectural perspective, um, the world of architecture hasn't really moved very much in the last 30 years. We haven't seen any big revolutions. We've seen some fancier ways of drawing and we have a better control of 3D space um, in the way we operate. But... Uh, looking at buildings, I have seen little new kind of improvement. The, the, the world actually changed uh, quite dramatically in that time. Um, and we, know, we all know what this is about. This is about the climate change, um, and, um, which we probably could have done something about 28 years um, ago. We can still do something about it, but it's harder and harder and more and more urgent. And uh, I, I find myself repeating the message uh, far too often, um, hoping that people will get it, you know, but uh, they do. And increasingly people do get it, but we're now at the moment that we're, we're, we need to act, um, not just uh, in experiments and small projects, but we need to act everywhere. 
everything we do needs to focus towards improving the situation. Um, and the, the last few days have underlined for me that um, not, not one of the brilliant, amazing ideas that we have is going to solve this, this problem. It's all of them together. And that's a kind of daunting task for us. You say there hasn't been any sort of a revolution in architecture. This might sound wishful thinking, but do you think there's one happening, about to happen, given all you've just said? Almost, and 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 again, this is a this is left several layers of uh, of things that we we look at as as you know makers of the built environment, but um, uh, thinking about energy and um, sustainability and carbon is not really changing buildings all that much. Um, what is happening at the same time is that there's a renewed. Um, understanding of the importance that the built environment has for our well-being and our experience. Um, and that, that is going to change dramatically um, in terms of air quality in cities, in terms of uh, understanding how people function in space and how they communicate in space, what makes them happy, what makes them productive, uh, what makes them sleep better. All of those things we haven't really focused on very much and we're starting to understand that relationship better now, which is great. Uh, that's not necessarily going to change uh, architecture. I think what will change architecture is that the, the, the strange idea that perhaps sometimes it's much better for our cities and for our um, environment not to build um, or to build less and make it more efficient. And this is a kind of thought that goes right against the grain of the whole industry because the industry is based on volume, square meters, you know, for a value and a construction cost and a, and a return. And the numbers change dramatically. The thinking needs to change dramatically to be able to not build by that industry that is there to build. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but actually, that is <clears throat> that would make a huge improvement to our cities. Um, for instance, you know, it's ridiculous that we have buildings in cities that are used for eight hours a day. You know, they should be used for 16 hours a day. It's crazy a school is empty in the weekend when there are people looking for space for hobbies and culture and art and music. And um, that we, we, we would have to work to make cities uh, much more productive in that terms of space use. Also because we're going to build massive new urban areas in the next 20, 30 years on this planet. But what do you do about that, though? The buildings are there. You don't go around knocking them down. No, of course. And uh, we may sometimes have to knock down the things that we cannot use, and that's an uh, that's, uh, important part of our daily work as well, you know, looking at buildings, seeing what can, what can be done, what is their value um, in terms of carbon, but also in terms of use and in terms terms of aesthetics. Um, um, and then the, that's the first step now of looking at a project. Second step is deciding whether there is something to, to, to save. And very often there is. And then working with existing buildings is, uh, um, is, is the next best thing to do. Or extending them, you know. There are parts of buildings uh, 
that are strong, that will last another hundred years that you could use. Um, and you, so you take pieces away and you add pieces to it. And that's a really good way of thinking about the built environment. Also goes slightly against the grain of uh, the big real estate industry that wants to build new volume, please, all the time and, and exponentially growing. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a mind shift. So as an architect working on many projects, does one aspect of environmentally friendly building trump another? So you, you've talked about aesthetics which make it feel like it fits in with the environment you talked about health and well-being which makes it a happy space to live in and then there's also of course the materials and the carbon they're sort of three prongs and I just wonder if they all fit together or if they put against each other and you have to prioritize one if that makes sense yeah that does make sense and um well part of part of our task is that um prioritizing is not enough so we have to prioritize a great many things all at the same time. It's a complex task. Um, but yes, some things are, uh, some things are quicker. Um, it, we use a lot of materials in construction that are really, frankly, really bad for the planet. Uh, enormous piles of carbon associated with it, transport costs, um, pollution. Um, mining of materials, you know, but the, uh, we we talk about extractive uh, uh, thinking and replacing it with um, regenerative thinking, and it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of almost a, a theoretical statement, but in practice it means don't extract stuff that you don't need to extract. Grow things, you know, we can we can grow many uh, construction materials. We can use the earth that we walk on to make building blocks. We've seen the last few days we can uh, we can plant forests um, to use the, the timber for construction. Twenty years later, we can do these things um, that have several benefits. It's a good idea planting trees, as we know, because that's what that's the the, the backup option. If we can't reduce the amount of carbon we produce, we at least can sequester some. And create more, better bioclimates, and and create uh, progress in terms of nature. So combining that with the, with the production of construction materials is quite a double whammy, smart one. Um, and th- that's not that's a good that's a really good thing to do also because these materials tend to be much closer to where people feel comfortable. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm often asked, do we still have to have steel and glass buildings, you know? And, um, and, and I know they don't mean steel, they mean aluminium, but that's not the point. The point is that we're making architecture that's not uh, often uh, appreciated positively by many, many people. And that's kind of a weird thing. Um, and um, it, it's not so much the design. I think uh, the materiality of buildings is, is important. You know, we're here in a very natural piece of the world. Most construction is made out of wood, and it feels really good, you know. Mm-hmm. Nobody dislikes a piece of wood, you know. But I might like a piece of concrete, but there are very few like me. So it does go hand in hand. Yeah. And th- this, is the, this is the trick, and this is why um, the, the word, the word uh, collaboration is so important at this stage, because... We, we cannot stay in our little comfortable realm and do what we think is best. Um, uh, and we need to combine efforts to cover three or four 
aspects when we do one task. So if at the same time we can sequester carbon, um, we can make spaces for people that they feel better in, and we can save energy, that's three things already, which is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then if we do it one time for double use, then you know half the uh, half the input double the output that's also good it's almost like a little mathematical formula you know so when you're using new materials to to fit in with what works best for the environment and the planet is it scalable and economically viable is it is it always easier if you need if you're working on big projects social housing those sorts of things does it work to build those out of sustainable materials um, it does work, um, but um, and th this is sort of what I do, you know, in in my daily life. Um, because building big buildings, I I tend to be involved with office projects. Seventy percent of my time, they're usually quite big. They are um, uh, quite specific buildings. You know, we in 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 Western Europe, the energy. Uh, question is answered pretty much you know we can work really really hard we can save another one percent of energy it's not not, not you know the most of the savings were done already in the last 30 years so the next step is to use uh, bio-based materials or uh, recycled materials and uh, and build in a way that can be dismantled afterwards and recycled or reused um, that kind of uh, thinking about the construction um, is very good and uh, my clients at this stage, with all their, they've all signed up to ESG and front page of their website is we are the best and most sustainable and most wonderful people on the planet. And you can, you can tell them that occasionally uh, when you're looking at tough decisions. Um, but the construction industry is incredibly slow. Um, it's full of risk. Uh, construction costs are built out, up out of risks and insurance sums. And if you, if you look at using new materials at a big scale, materials that have often not been tried uh, for long, we don't really know what they're going to look like after being in the rain and the sun for 30 years. Uh, they get very, very shy and it's difficult for them to take a risk like that. Um, and that requires the industry to find ways of testing, uh, ways of extrapolating, ways of understanding how these materials compare to materials that we do know and, or, or how they are going to behave in the longer term uh, so that we can have a kind of scientific um, uh, explanation of how they shouldn't worry too much about this, you know. Because presumably, and it's something that's been talked about at the conference, insurance and insurers are therefore a big challenge or a big problem that needs to be overcome. Yeah, and 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 sometimes uh, if you look at the next five years, things look like a real big problem, you know. An investor's real estate window is like five years. It's not very long, you know, if you don't... If you don't finish your building in five years' time, you, you have to start again because then have, they have a new agenda kind of thing. But their thinking doesn't go very far into the future. And that's because our, you know, our lives don't go very far into the future. You know, most people's in the middle of their career, they have another 10, 20 years to worry about and then, then it's up to their children, you know. But uh, it, if I was an insurance company insuring something for 100 years, for instance, I'd be panicking because most of what we take as normal today is not going to be around anymore in a hundred years' time if we don't change our ways dramatically.
So there is benefits in taking some more risk now, um, considered risk, you know, to do something a lot better that we might not understand very well. It's not based on hundreds of years of experience, but we know we have to do these things to avoid a much bigger risk at the end. But I don't think, you know, the planet is insured as a whole, do you? I, uh, it's not, you know, but nobody feels responsible for the planet, whereas they feel responsible for a piece of wood that sits on a building that might or might not fall off in 30 years' time. So we're talking at the Closest Forum. I wonder if anything you've heard here over the past days has really struck you as interesting, different, changed your perspective on anything. There's such a diversity of voices here coming from so many different places, lots of opinions and thoughts. Anything that you've particularly taken away or will take away? Mm, yeah, I think I, I need some, um, some time and space um, to kind of make sense of it all because so much was said the, the discussions were just really amazing uh, on so many fronts uh, I had moments of utter despair where I thought yeah that's the, the one thing we talked about just now is that we have to do everything you know that, or to have a chance that we might make it that's already quite a daunting aspect um, it's, it's okay to focus on one thing but to make everybody put their shoulders together do everything is, is quite tough um, and, and another big notion is, is, uh, is a sort of planetary awareness um, that I, I hadn't felt so strongly before, which is um, we, we have so many different cultures on this planet and we don't always agree and there's struggles between us, but part of what we need to do is have one goal um, as humanity. Um, if, if we decide that we are very important on this planet, which... You know, I think we probably will. It might not be the right thing to conclude, but we probably will. Then we have to uh, join hands and uh, and work together. And um, because we're talking about climate change, which which is a planetary issue, we're also talking about you know the the wellness and happiness and um, equality of uh, of mankind on this planet. Uh, the 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 one issue that's coming that hit me most is that. Um, Africa is going to grow by a billion people in the next 25 years or something, uh, which is phenomenal. And uh, we haven't quite worked out how to build places for those people. You know, that's a whole bunch of cities, big cities. If we if we build them the way we have in the past, then then we're cooked. And um, so we we're going to have to invent not only construction methods, but um, we have to invent sustainable construction measures. We have to probably change financial systems, economic systems. We'll have to change climate here and there, you know, um, not stop it uh, um, from being ruined, but we have to create better climate here and there just to make sure that places are um, livable that are currently not livable. Um, so th these are big tasks, and if we cannot resolve that um, specific uh, problem in the African continent, which is a big place, a very diverse place. Um, if we can't resolve that properly in the next 20 years, then, uh, then that becomes an additional massive problem on a, on a planetary scale. So the feeling that we need to think more planetary is, uh, is kind of shockingly new to me. 
And you got that sense very much from yeah. here. Just talking to people and the, the range of people here is so broad, um, not just geographically, but also their, their background. Um, I think the difference for me between this conference and others I've been at is that there are, um, everybody was kind of needed in the room, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's not so much a matter of numbers, but it's a matter of percentages of people who can contribute uh, in their, from their own field or with their own personality or their own cultural background. Uh, sort of coming together and um, so we, we didn't resolve very much I think in two days it's hard to do but uh, a lot of uh, good questions were asked and a lot of tentative directions were considered and a lot of um, relationships had started between people and if that continues which I think it will um, that's quite meaningful. That could spread quite quickly. That's a very good place to end on a, a positive note. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. You've been listening to In Line With Nature, brought to you by the Closters Forum, hosted by me, Hannah McInnes, produced by Claire Heaton and supported by the wonderful team at the Closters Forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts, suggestions, or any questions you might have about the episode. Just send your email to podcast at theclostersforum.com and make sure to tune in for our next instalment.